the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is finally Friday the 4th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation, they provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Morning. The sheriff made it in before me. <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff did make it in before he, you. He figure. called me. He said, I "I'm just, running, running a little late." I but drove faster. That's a, you I'll can't. Just say <laughs> See, I think he's just rubbing it in a little bit. I yeah, okay. So I was gonna say it's a lot easier for you to be you know late on time to things than the rest of us. That's for sure. But joining us in studio is Sheriff Nathan Harmon. Sheriff, thanks for coming in. No, thank you guys. I appreciate every opportunity. Thanks. Well, um, lots going on. We want to get right to it before we get your statements on this. Of course, some news broke. Uh, within the last week that a, a writ of mandamus that had been filed uh, against Berkeley County Animal Control, which is under your purview as sheriff, mm. uh, had been thrown out by the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. Uh, there was a response from Alley Cat Allies uh, founder Becky Robinson. We do have that clip, so I want to play that and then your response. Alley Cat Allies is determined to press forward on this case because the animals of Berkeley County, West Virginia, deserve justice and protection from animal cruelty. We have multiple legal remedies available and we intend to use all of them. We know from the facts of our investigation that animal cruelty has taken place inside the Berkeley County Animal Control Shelter, including and most notably the denial of necessary emergency medical treatment. We will continue to take legal action in defense of these animals who cannot defend themselves. Thank you. So that was uh, that was the statement released from Alley Cat Allies. Of course, uh, Berkeley County Council released um, a press release. Um, you know, of course, they're relieved that this has all been um, thrown out by the West Virginia West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. I'm sure you've got some things to say. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, their haphazard handling of the you know their their. Their threats of, of continuing to look into their, you know, after factually investigating uh, something, which, you know, it, if I conducted an investigation the way they did, um, I'd, I'd be answering to somebody because I would be violating someone's civil rights because in an investigation, you you talk to all parties and they've literally gotten an, a, an opinion of various uh, veterinarians and then um, and, and ran with statements from from folks that that either that were associated with the animal control or or some or came in with some video or whatnot not one time have they ever reached out to me never uh, invited me to sit down at a table to discuss what the current policies are 
Not one single time was a phone call, not a personal meeting, no anything. And I'm all about holding a healthy discussion with folks that are, 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 are wanting to inquire about things. Now, had she done that, or her organization's done that, then I don't think we'd be here today. Um, I think that she's been pushed in a corner because she's got mud in her face because of the haphazard handling of an investigation that she did. I mean, literally, they threw the paperwork on the doorstep of animal control. Who does that? Right. I mean, the, you. if I interviewed a few witnesses and then just off the whim of their statements went and arrested a suspect, uh, I would violate that. Literally, I would be putting myself up for liability because that, that, is, that is a one-sided investigation. You have to hit all sides of it. Mm-hmm. And they haven't. They, matter of fact, they want to mark, uh, you know, two two cases back in in, in twenty twenty, um, which was were, before you took office. Which was before I took office, and of course, just like anybody else taking over a business, you you go in, you do an assessment. Where can we polish? Where can we be more efficient? Uh, um, what can we change? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in terms of uh, you know maybe animal control officers being more uh, free to make decisions uh, at, at uh, odd hours of the evening. When veterans or veterinarians aren't uh, available, right? You know, there's a whole gamut of things that right. we were already working on and and, and, and whatnot. So, so for for Miss Robinson to come out on this on the initial front of this, this is no surprise by the Supreme Court. I'm glad they saw through the antics of Alley Cats and their promotional, "Hey, you, this is me. We just purchased property in the county in the same day of day of giving. We're gonna we're gonna file this lawsuit while no one's looking." And to me, it just literally puts a bad taste in, in folks' mouth and the true spirit behind a nonprofit. Because what you have here is you have a nonprofit becoming the profiter, and they're garnering donations, and they're trying to establish a footprint at the county animal control office's expense. Mm-hmm. To your knowledge, have there been instances where folks under your employment in animal control have withheld care from an animal uh, in, with malintent? Not to my knowledge, no. Has it happened in the course that maybe the, the animal control officer didn't have access to a veterinarian or didn't understand the particulars of an animal's health? Possibly. Right. And so, that's, so, so you think about two in the morning. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get a hold of an animal. Um, let's say, for example, um, it, it, reportedly not seen it may have been hit by a car and it was they, it was alive and offside road someone called it in our animal patrol officer goes out they they see the animal they they tend to the animal they pick it up now aside from training that they receive level one level two and level three investigation training as as it pertains to animals and a little bit about equine and stuff like that they're not veterans right as short as vet, veterinarians, I should say, short of seeing the laceration, the protruding bone, or, you know, um, you know, for all they know, that little bit of limping mm-hmm. could be from uh, a pulled ligament or something like or arthritis. that. Arthritis. They don't have to make a there's judgment. There's nothing prevalent that, that's obvious. You know, these, these folks, you know, and then I think one of the arguments was, you know, they should give them comfort medicine. Well, how do I know if that dog, even collar, collared dog, how do I know if that dog's not allergic to the medicine I'm about ready to give it? Right. Yeah, so there's a lot of other liabilities involved with someone giving a, a level of care short of what your layman's person can do. And, and you know, so has there been 
Has there been situations where an amateur officer has delayed decision uh, or has has um, either taken the animal to the emergency services? Um, no. When there's something obvious, they, they'll take them there. Um, uh, short of getting hold of the, 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 the command staff or something to get approval for that and the time that it takes to do that, there's, there's been no delay in obvious animal care whatsoever. Again, speaking with Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon now, kind of transitioning away from the Alley Cat uh, Alliance situation. It seems to, I guess, kind of be coming to an end at this point. Uh, what else has been going on in the county? It sounds like you had a pretty busy morning this morning. <laughs> well, I was just, uh, I I'd called, I said there might be a few minutes late. We were, we're, we're actively looking for a vehicle that was um, uh, in the Bunker Hill area for, for fleeing and reckless indifference. Mm. That's wow. a good way to start a Friday morning, huh? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> get more and more typical. Well, let's talk uh, some of the things that you guys have, have been able to accomplish in these uh, traffic, um, I guess, stops mm-hmm. are amazing. You just had uh, a human trafficking arrest uh, mm-hmm. within the last two weeks, I think it was. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're looking into, uh, it's going to sound unfortunate to say this, I don't think we have even sniffed the surface of what's actually here in Berkeley County and what's running on the interstate right. north and south on 81. I don't think we've even scratched the surface. Matter of fact, it's, an, it's been untapped for so many years that, that it is an open conduit for criminal activity. And that is my personal professional opinion. In terms of human trafficking, in terms of drugs, or all the above? All the above. All the above. And I think because you know, the relationship of 81 and 70 mm-hmm. and D.C. and Baltimore and New Jersey, New York, um, you know, from the south and Florida and whatnot, I think you're in 95, I-95, th- this, we, our, our deputies have received over 34 different training evolutions just in the year 2021, some of which repeat themselves. Some of that training in, uh, in, in, encompassed traffic stops, um, hidden compartments, and things to look for to better um, identify potential criminal activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are working towards um, uh, it's tabletop discussions on criminal uh, intel analysis, uh, contracting to help us identify trends within the county and see what's happening north and south of us and see if they can put that in perspective as it pertains to our routes, Route 11 and 81. Right. We're looking at that. Um, so how do you, is there a way to stop it other than, you know, in advanced training and, you know, being on the lookout for it a little bit more vigilantly than maybe normally? Because like you said, I mean, there are millions of people that go through this county every day, almost every hour, really, if you think about it. Uh, is it really just come down to, you know, more training and just being more, I guess, hyper, more vigilant than you already are looking for these kind of things? You, your investment in technology and, and manpower and training. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could put a deputy out there, but if deputy don't know what they're looking for, right. then they're, they're, just, they're just there. And sometimes it's instincts. This last one, there was a van. Your guys pulled it over, guys and gals. And they talked to the driver. They talked to the passenger. Something wasn't adding up. And it turns out the driver was, in fact, a human trafficker. Yeah. I mean, you, you have all kinds of levels of human trafficking. But just as I put, and I believe in my social media post, 
you know, I, I could, uh, I could, I could promise the person citizenship and we'll take you to a place where you can work that off because we're, you know, you're paying us three, $4,000 a piece just to transport me and my kid where I need to go. So that's a six to $8,000 bill. I'm just going to give you, and I've saved that up throughout my family, the whole, for a good majority part of my life in hopes of reaching the dream of citizenship. And I pay you that money all the while during our eight hour trip going North your intention is to put me in a labor house and now I'm working for you and you've taken any type of credentials from me and held that hostage until you've worked that off. Now that's just labor. I ain't talking about the sex trafficking because right. it depends. Uh, if, if, if I'm a, f- uh, a father with daughters and I'm looking for the dream of citizenship and stuff, it, it's so, it's so scary how unknowing the end result's going to be of the destination they're going. Mm-hmm. So the the victims in this case mm-hmm. are they okay? Were they sent somewhere safe? The the we have uh, resources and avenues that we contact in terms of of these kind of stops, whether it be uh, federal resources or county resources uh, offices like Katie Spriggs and Epic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know she's a she's a good resource. Um, I will say uh, part of the reason why. You have, you know, I, I say we, we're not even scratching the surface is when you're dealing with sex tra- or human trafficking in and by itself, it's, it's, I feel it's hugely underreported. Oh, yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, it's uh, either people don't know what they're looking for um, or, or they're just in, in, enslaved for so long. And they're so scared, you know, stopping and being supervised and, and always someone over their shoulder. Uh, I don't think even our citizens know what to look for. So I've been trying to advocate these are the things we need to look for because educating the community is huge and, and getting that up. Again, speaking with Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon here on Panhandle Live. Now, uh, in other big news here in the area is the trucker convoy coming to, well, Washington County and then going down into D.C. today and I think into the weekend. Yeah, I think a lot of them are already, well, many of them are already there in Hagerstown right. at a muster point. Right. And uh, is that, I mean, do you have any intel that you can share, of course? Is that going to affect us down here at all? I mean, I'm sure it's going to affect traffic at some point down here, even though it's not down here because that's just how 81 works, that there's always traffic right. regardless. Um, so have you heard any, you know, breaking news on that? No, no, I can, I've been asked mm-hmm. uh, of its effects here in our county. I don't, I, short of just small residual uh, Marylanders trying to get back and forth that work in the county or, or whatnot. Or we're just out of the way. Yeah. yeah, or live in the county and fail to register their vehicle. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but now, I sure why, why, why did everybody start looking at me when you said that? <laughs> um, no, I don't. I think other than small residual from yeah. traffic, I don't think you'll you'll feel anything. Well, that certainly should be a sight to see. That is right. for sure, especially with all the pictures I've already seen and the amount of trucks and. Oof. It makes me nervous. Yeah. Makes me nervous just with the amount of trucks on the road. I hate passing trucks on the interstate. Because you drive a very is. small car, so that's, <laughs> that's the thing. So, um, wanted to ask you to our guest this morning, Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. There was a report uh, your office uh, released about uh, the area of Poorhouse Farm Park. Uh, two pedestrians, apparently construction workers, were struck. Um, they had reflective vests on and all of that. So, uh, can you flesh that one out? Yeah, I actually helped Sergeant and I on that one. Um, I don't live too far from there. And, um, 
you know, you have tree service folks because you had the, the ice rain and stuff mm-hmm. like that and there's limbs falling. Of course, you're going to have an influx of complaints of overlying branches and whatnot. So these tree service folks have been around for, uh, you know, the past couple of weeks trying to position themselves and get this stuff taken care of. They put out appropriate uh, flag markings and stuff and you know, how do you miss a huge right white truck with yellow f- strobes flashing on it is beyond me, but the subject that hit them, um, you know, they, they said that something in terms of the sun was in their eyes, but you know, you, you, you get up there and they hit pretty much skirted the side of the truck. Mm. There's folks with hard hats on that are fluorescent green. You've got, um, fluorescent, uh, green, vest road vest they've got cones out they've got all the safety measures out there um and then subsequently a quarter mile down the road the vehicle that hit these two pedestrians came to a stop um uh, it's reported to be mechanically Mm -hmm. came to a stop uh can't i'm not going to suspect that the person was running but um there's some there's some very obvious negligence involved and we're looking uh into that very closely so has the driver been placed under arrest or it's still under investigation it is is actively being investigated uh i'm sure you'll see something soon again we've been speaking with berkeley county sheriff nathan harman unfortunately we have to get to our first break here today but sheriff thank you for coming in and chatting with us a little bit this morning yeah no worries thank you guys very much absolutely stick around for more here on panhandle live on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we have Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon on talking about the response from Alley Cat Allies about, you know, the. Uh, the animal control officers and different things like that uh, and talking about rest of the issues and things going on human around the county, human trafficking, that. everything like that. So uh, we covered a lot in our segment with them. So if you missed it, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But joining us on the line now, talk about somebody that's pretty busy all the time. It's right. U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. Senator, how are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you guys? Good. Good. We're so glad that you could join us. And, uh, you know, let's get right to it. Our uh, response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, you've, you've got some things uh, in, in the works as far as uh, trying to limit uh, our involvement with Russia financially. Let's talk about that response first, and, and how's the Biden administration doing? Well, I mean, the president addressed this at State of the Union on Tuesday night first, which I thought was very appropriate talked about the coalitions with uh, NATO. I mean, I have some frustrations because the sanctions and financial sanctions that we put on after the invasion, I was part of a a movement to try to get the president to do that earlier so we could maybe forestall the Russians from invading. But uh, you see what it is. It's horrifying to see the picture of the nuclear uh, site in flames. Uh, That just uh, really is a frightening uh, visual. Luckily, I think it looks as though they put the fire out and there was no uh, radiation exposure there. But uh, we're also pressing the president to cut uh, our dependence on Russian oil. We import 600,000 barrels of Russian oil every day. We are funding 
this insurgency into Ukraine. So let's cut that. And you can see there's a bipartisan um, movement growing in the Congress to push the president to do that. I think that we need to be more forceful here. We don't know where this is going to stop. We don't know uh, who, you know, Putin seems like he's so isolated. Uh, and But I will say this, uh, the president and others have worked hard to make sure that NATO's together. We're singing from the same songbook, and that's a very good thing. Now, I, I think the sanctions are going to work, especially with the amount of sanctions and the amount of money that Putin and the rest of all his you know, people have tied up in different things. I think they're going to work, but it seems like those are going to take uh, you know, a little while to finally start to really hit him where it hurts. Now, uh, will it, does it take you know, a NATO country getting invaded or you know, somehow getting involved for the U.S. to you know, finally jump in other than you know, with financial sanctions and things like that? Well, I think that, you know, we have pledged and the president has pledged to the American people that we're, we're not going to have any physical boots on the ground uh, in uh, in Ukraine at all. And, and because they are not a NATO nation now, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe they will be in the future if they can retain their independence, which we're very hopeful of. Uh, I, and so I think that what we can do is supply them with weapons. We are going we're looking at giving them more humanitarian aid, some more lethal aid, more military aid to try to help them forestall this convoy you see coming to Kiev and other things. So that I, I think that uh, our, our, our presence there is very strong, but we are the superpower, and we have to really cramp down. And to get them in their, uh, in their vulnerabilities is to stop this importing of oil. This is a lot of money going into the Russian economy, uh, which they're using to fight the Ukrainians. Obviously, you know, we depend a lot on fossil fuels. And, um, you know, as much gas and oil as we can get to, to run our, our systems is, is uh, important. But um, could we function if we completely um, halted importing Russian oil and gas? Oh, I, I think we absolutely can function. I mean, we have leases on federal lands and others that have been shut in by this administration. We need to open that up. I mean, we have the resources here uh, to be to be energy independent. We have and should be there. We've been that in the past, recent past, and we need to be there again. So I think that uh, while you know there may be some short term pain, I acknowledge that. Uh, I, I think we can uh, we can we can do a workaround here and use our own resources combined with uh, with what else we do import. So in terms of keeping manufacturing local. Uh, I know you've had some efforts there. Uh, a bill uh, that would utilize current federal resources to support domestic manufacturing. Is that in any particular key areas? Well, right now, what we're trying to do is reinvigorate a program that was started uh, under the Obama administration where uh, it was a manufacturing community partnership. And the northern panhandle was part of that with the region of uh, the Pittsburgh area. Look, we found out during the pandemic we are not manufacturing our pharmaceuticals here, our uh, equipment, our protective equipment, masks, etc., gloves and everything. We need to bring that back to this country. And that's what this uh, – I'm on this bill with Senator Gillibrand from New York to try to reinvigorate the domestic uh, manufacturing sectors that we've let go basically to China. And, and so what this does is it gets consortiums together. So I think it would be something that if we could get it moving, while I, don't, I can't make any promises, Eastern Panhandle would be in a good region uh, to be a part of one of these manufacturing sectors. And, and so that's what we're looking to reinvigorate that. What are we most vulnerable in? Are we talking chip manufacturing or, as you mentioned, well, the medical um, manufacturing? 
Yeah, Marcia, thanks for bringing up the chips. I think that's really important. We, we've got the car manufacturers can't put new cars together because of the, uh, of the chips, uh, or the lack of chips. They're coming in from Taiwan, but we're not getting enough, uh, and we need to make those here. We have a bill pending in Congress now that would uh, help us with that supply chain with chips, and we need to get that. Uh, the president talked about that again on Tuesday night. Uh, and and so uh, yes, we need that domestic uh, production in Ohio. They're going to be building a billions and billions of dollar plant uh, to to reinvigorate that. Intel is uh, so that's welcome news, but that's going to take time. Uh, we need we need these, and we I think we realize how reliant we are on it. And we're speaking with U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capitano. This it's kind of off topic, but it just popped into my head. Um, the Hyperloop that's supposed to be coming to West Virginia. Has there been any new news on that? Have they, I don't even think they've broken ground on it yet, have they? No, they haven't. And there's been some, you know, kind of disappointing news in my in my view from the company. They laid off half of their people and they sort of changed their focus from moving high-speed rail individuals uh, to moving um, um, uh, packages and goods and, 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 and supplies. And so I think that has a lot of merit. And I think the concept of a high-speed rail is something we need to investigate. So I'm hoping now that they've changed their focus a bit that they can refocus on what we want to do in West Virginia. I know that West Virginia University is in active conversations with them. We are in active conversations with them as well. Uh, but it, it, uh, it's definitely been a bumpy road here, and uh, there's a lot of investment that needs to occur before we see that actually uh, beginning to take shape in Tucker County. And speaking with U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. Now we have just a few minutes till we have to get to our next break. Is there anything sure. else on your uh, hit or on your checklist here that you want to hit before uh, we let you go? Well, I just think that we need to, you know, be in great admiration and of the Ukrainian people. The Ukrainian president has been remarkable in his ability to rally. But the realities of this are, are that Russia is bigger, stronger, better equipped, and ruthless. Uh, and uh, I just—it's just jaw-dropping to me to watch a free country, a democracy being invaded, and, and I still am puzzled for what? I mean, just to reconstitute the, the former Soviet Union. And, and so I would just say that let's keep our thoughts and, and hopes and dreams for, for those folks and those who have uh, relatives there. Uh, it's very, very tough to watch. U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito, thanks for taking a little time to chat with us this morning. Thanks for all the hard work you're doing down there in the Capitol. All righty. Thank you. Absolutely. And stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit our new historic location at downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsh Cavalli. If you missed it before the break, we had U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito on to talk about the situation over in Ukraine. And, of course, there are still things happening here in the U.S. that are important. So uh, she went through and broke a lot of that down for us. If you missed any of our conversation with Senator Shelley Moore Capito, you can listen back to that a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But it is time for another installment of Meet the Candidates. And today on Meet the Candidates, uh, running for Berkeley County Board of Education, it's Jackie Long. Jackie, how are you doing this morning? I'm well. I thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. A note to your followers. I know that uh, we, we, I think we had you scheduled for 930, but live radio is live radio. Yeah. So I appreciate you being flexible. 
Oh, I'm very flexible. <laughs> I expect to be invited back <laughs> to hey, make up my time. That oh, right. oh, okay. Well, hey, when, when Senator Capito comes calling, you kind of got to let her do her thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> so um, if folks don't know you, uh, tell them about a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in the county and all that. Um, as you said, my name's Jackie Long. I've been, I was born and raised in Berkeley County, Martinsburg, and I uh, worked for Berkeley County Schools for 40 years. I retired in 2014 as a coordinator of service personnel. Um, I loved that position. It was hard for me to retire. I felt like um, it was a death. I grieved that. <laughs> I, hel- I helped, I felt like I helped a lot of people and I wanted to continue that. Mm-hmm. So when I ran in the primary in uh, 2020 and, you know, I came in second place, but I couldn't take that seat. So that was really frustrating. Because of the me. way the district yeah, works. Yeah, because the magisterial district, district mm-hmm. rule. And, but, you know, then they asked me to, uh, if I would be interested in being appointed. So, yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I when I sat down at that first board meeting, I felt like, I, f- I knew exactly what I was doing. I have a vast knowledge of the West Virginia Code and the West Virginia Department of Education policies and procedures and Berkeley County policies and procedures and the state aid formula, and that means a lot. Trying to digest that and learn that as a new um, board member, mm-hmm. it would take you your whole uh, tenure to do that. So I felt like I fit right in. Um, you know, I was disappointed, as I said, uh, that I didn't win the primary, but everything happens for a reason. So... Um, you know, my top priorities are retaining and recruiting educators and service personnel. Uh, I think that the board has done um, and the board office has done just about everything they can think of to do to retain and recruit. But I think locality pay, I know you were talking about that, has to happen. Uh, the, the, uh, the bill that um, has just been... Um, in the legislature mm-hmm. for troopers, 4473 is a start. But I don't think it's going to go anywhere this year. And then once again, we're back to square one. What do we do? Um, it, it is when you look at the pay scales. Yes. A person in, the, in, in Berkeley County schools with, you know, decades of experience and, uh, and can't, can't get very far pay-wise. Yes. And degrees, doctorate degrees, mm-hmm. master's degrees, plus 45 and... Um, you know, you could make more now. I saw Target, I think, was paying twenty four dollars yeah. an hour. So, where's where's the where's the sense here? I I and and I'll tell you the disrespect for education right now. I I just don't understand it. It's mind boggling. Now, what do you mean by that? I feel like uh, educators and education itself is not respected, and that. Um, these employees are fearful sometimes of what, you know, if you look at sometimes a student crossways, you might be put out on administrative leave and, and then you're out for months until you come back. You know, it's, there's a fear factor in um, some of our classrooms right now across the nation, and, and that has to stop. We, these employees want to do what's best for kids. We all want to do what's best for kids. I don't hear that a lot anymore. I think we need to concentrate on uh, increasing our test scores. Um, With the pandemic, our students lost so much. And those employees did so well at trying to uh, do virtual learning, which they never experienced before in their entire career. Uh, That was a challenge. And then when kids get 
got back in school, you know, it's been difficult for them. So the di- discipline hasn't been like it should be. And hopefully by the next school year, we can get back on track. You have an interesting perspective because you've been in the school system 40 years, um, you know, uh, helping out on uh, the administrative assistant side. And then, as you said, advocating for the service personnel. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of the changes. Oh, wow. But as a board of education member, what kind of abilities, powers does a Board of Education member have to enact some of these changes you're talking about? You know, can you guys magically give everyone a $10,000 raise on your own? Well, I, I mean, we w- I wish we could. Yeah. You know, we've got a, bal- a budget to balance, and we've given some um, bonuses. We, You know, you really can't give a bonus, but that's what we call it. We added $500 to the uh, sick leave incentive. And um, before I got there, they did another $500 uh, bonus. So those are things that we can give. But when you think how many much dollar-wise that costs, like $6 million mm-hmm. or a million dollars, that's a lot out of the budget. So when we don't get that back from the state, I mean, some senators and, and delegates have said, well, we're giving, we give you money, but, but not enough. You know, you can't take all that and put in salaries mm-hmm. when you have so much other things to accomplish as a board. Again, we're speaking with Jackie Long running for uh, Berkeley County Board of Education. Now, people are going to want to know if you get, you know, put onto the board, what are your first steps? Again. And now, yeah, say so you've, yeah, again, reinstated. Say so you've already kind of broken down that a little bit, but uh, I guess kind of in more of a list order. What are some of the things that you're looking to, you know, really get going if you're back on the board? Well, I would like to, we're going to start in a building process. We're going to have to, you know, the 10 year plans out there, what we want to do. Um, right now, there are 19,722 students in Berkeley County. Uh, by 2030, it's predicted that there'll be 23,570 students. Ooh. That's a big increase. We need that fifth high school right now. <laughs> we need a f- fifth high school or at, uh, additions on to the other two high schools. We need four elementary schools or at least two intermediate schools. Our other schools need remodeled and additions added to them. So there's so much to think about. And the bottom line is, though, we're here for these kids. I used to tell employees years and years ago, our motto was, we serve children. That's why we're here. Don't forget that. That's the bottom line, our kids. Absolutely. Again, Jackie Long, she's running for Berkeley County Board of Education. Now, we still have uh, about two more minutes until we have to get to our last break of the day. But can you let everybody know, again, a little bit more about you, kind of your umbrella pitch, if you will, and then how to get in touch with you and find out more about you? Well, you can get in touch with me at JackieLong at Yahoo.com. I have a Facebook page, Elect Jackie Long, uh, for the Berkeley County Board of Education. And um, I'm not bragging, but I know a lot of people, so they know how to get me. Right. I get texts daily. And um, I just want to continue what I've done. I think when I sat down for that first board meeting, I have made an impactful change to the Board of Education. I think things have changed. I'm proud of those changes changes i listen i want to know um you know i don't know everything just because i think i've been in education 40 years people have a different perspective and i'm willing to listen to that and that could change my mind on some things so i'm there for them but people have to realize what a board can do and what they can't do they can't micromanage the word office they can't micromanage the schools uh, there's a set of codes that board members have to follow, and whoever out there that gets elected to these other posts are going to be very surprised what they can and can't do. You can't take the budget and rip it apart, and um, there are, there are, there's a 
set of codes that board members have to follow. So, um, you know, I wish everyone luck. Of course, I want to win myself. Mm -hmm. But as I said, everything happens for a reason. But I won't stop fighting whether I win or not. I'm there for the kids, and uh, I would like everyone's vote on May 10th. Absolutely. Again, we're speaking with Jackie Long, candidate for Berkeley County Board of Education on our Meet the Candidate segment. Jackie, thanks for coming in and chatting with us this morning. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. And if you missed any of this conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify pages. But we'll be back for more Panhandle Live here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it, for the break, we had our newest installment of the Meet the Candidates segment, and we had Jackie Long on. She's running for Berkeley County Board of Education. Uh, we went a lot uh, over a lot of stuff in that conversation, so if you missed it, you can listen back to it uh, here in just a little while on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify pages. But Marsha, basketball is continuing. Continuing for the Shepherd University Women's Rams team. You have cleared your weekend. The weekend is completely cleared. Hopefully, the whole weekend will be used for Ber- or for Berkeley Springs. For um, Berkeley Springs basketball plays tonight. While well, that's on my mm-hmm. brain in a playoff game, I think you can hear that over on ninety-two point nine to be XDC. But yeah, uh, Shepherd ladies they beat Bloomsburg on the road. Tough environment. They beat them handedly though, seventy-six to fifty-three, uh, just on Wednesday. So that advances them on to the semifinals of the PSAC tournament where they will face up with this game that Shepard has tomorrow at one o'clock should really be the PSAC like championship game between these two teams. It's pretty much the two best teams in my opinion in the conference or in the, yeah, in the conference as they will take on the California university of Pennsylvania Vulcans at Kutztown. Kutztown's the highest seed. So they're hosting the rest of the games for the tournament, but it will be Shepard taking on the Cal Vulcans at one o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And it should be, Really the best game of the season. So you and Parker are going to be on the call? That's right. Right here on uh, 92.9. or 92. <laughs> Right here on WPM and WCST. Goodness, I, I can't 93. get Berkeley 7, Springs. 93.7, 13.40, 93.5, and 10.10, 10, WCST. You can hear that. And also streaming on the World Wide Web, as they say, at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. That's right. I got too many different sports on the brain uh-huh. right now. Too much. Uh, we got high school, of course, WVSSAC playoffs happening right now. They're uh, getting ready to start the uh, state basketball tournament here. And that's next week. It starting is Monday, week. right? Yep, the girls tournament is from the 8th to the 12th and the men's tournament or the boys tournament is from the 15th to the 19th. We will have every single one of those uh, boys and girls high school basketball state championship tournament right here on WPM and WCST. So if you know anybody in any of those games, we will have them right here and you can tune into them. Or if you just like listening to good basketball, listen to that here too for high school and Shepard, which will be uh, back on the air around 1245 tomorrow afternoon. So tomorrow, um, next Monday, that could impact when Panhandle Live starts. We might uh, be starting the show at 830 Mm -hmm. because I think the playoffs start at 930. Right. So we want to get an hour of content in uh, the Panhandle Live show and then we'll we'll go on. And apparently they just the playoffs take over the whole airwaves. All of it. All of it. It's like those emergency service alerts. But it's but it's basketball. 
And it's good basketball. <laughs> and, of course, uh, WVRC Media pretty much has all control of the broadcast for uh, the state basketball tournament. So you know it's going to be good stuff. It's going to be well produced mm-hmm. uh, with Fred Persinger and all those guys doing those games. So uh, you'll be able to hear them, well, for pretty much two weeks here on uh, WPM and WCST. But, yeah, we'll have to adjust Panhandle Live a little bit. You'll hear it a little earlier, but you'll still get all the Panhandle news and info you want. But hopefully, Marsha, like you said, uh, we'll have the Shepherd game tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and then hopefully there'll be one more game on Sunday at 3 o'clock, which is when the championship game for the PSAC is uh, scheduled to go. And then, well, tournament time. It's March Madness. It's called March Madness for a reason, mm-hmm. Marsha, because uh, if they win the PSAC tournament on Sunday, then they got to turn right back around and go to the Atlantic Regionals, uh, which happened March 10th through the 14th. And then it's down to, if they win that, down to Birmingham, Alabama for the National Championship Tournament. That is way cool. And I know a lot of people have been enjoying those interviews you've been doing with the coach and mm-hmm. the players uh, as the women's uh, season progressed. If, if they... Uh, Touch base if they check out our uh, WEPM WCST Panhandle News Network uh, Facebook page. They can catch some of those. And also, should the Shepherd women be victorious tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, you'll, I'm sure, remind folks of the schedule yeah. for Sunday. Yep, absolutely. It'll all be over on our uh, Facebook page, and hopefully we can get it over onto our website as well, Panhandle News Network. But it's definitely going to be on the WEPM and WCST Facebook page uh, with all that going down. So uh, definitely mark it on your uh, calendar for tomorrow at 1 o'clock for the semifinal game between the Shepherd Rams, Lady Rams, and the California PA Vulcans. And then hopefully, well, still mark it on your calendar, uh, but maybe circle it a little lighter than the one on Saturday for uh, the championship game at 3 p.m. on Sunday. So tomorrow's game, pregame starts at? 12.45. Okay. And then we will get you going from there up at Kutztown. We got some pretty good mojo Shepherd does up at Kutztown, Marsha. Well, I, it's, I'm very hopeful. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they want this. Oh, heck yeah. You should. It was funny because I was lucky enough to travel with the uh, team on Wednesday because I was not trying to make a three-hour drive again. That had been two, three-hour drives in mm-hmm. a week for, or yeah, in a week for uh, that matter. But got to hang out with the team and um, it was it was fun. I, to be honest, I was starting to think I was a jinx, Marsha, for Shepherd Sports because every time I've traveled with a team, oh. it's been for a playoff thing. And like traveled like on the bus like uh-huh. with the team. Uh, I mean, of course, I've traveled to a lot of the games, but... I'm starting to think I was a jinx because every time I've done that, they've gotten beat in whatever playoff game wow. it was. So I was a little nervous, and I was going to tell Coach this, but she, I think, is as superstitious as anybody. You don't so. manifest that. They'll, <laughs> they'll throw this albatross out at the nearest like rest area. So um, speaking of rest area and, and traveling, remember the people's uh, convoy is in already part part of it is in the Hagerstown area. I believe at the Hagerstown Speedway. We can comfortably say that now because they've been releasing video from up there. And then the um, the other leg of it will be joining this afternoon. Washington County Schools has already uh, announced they're releasing their students two and a half hours early. So if you have plans to travel I-81 or I-70 in the Hagerstown area, especially around that uh, 6B exit, mm-hmm. Just be mindful. There could be a lot of truck traffic in the tune of, you know, 300 vehicles Oof. or more. So it's, miles it's long. Definitely going to be a um, sight to see. Yeah, right? it's definitely going to be an impressive thing to see. That's for sure. Especially because I'm sure there's going to be, and they've already been experiencing, there's going to be a ton of people on the side of the road and on bridges and, you Overpasses, know, with their, yeah. showing their support for them and whatnot. So 
Man, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it all works out. They're planned to meet here and then travel to just outside D.C. tomorrow. They have billed it as a peaceful protest. And as far as I know, that's what it's been. Uh, little, you know, four-wheelers like you have and like I drive can join in. Uh, just be mindful. Those guys are in big trucks and they can't stop on a dime. And there's going to be a lot of them. Mm-hmm. A lot 300 of them. possibly in our area and then 100 coming from north. I am glad I don't have to deal with any of that traffic up there today. At least I don't think I do. Of course, I say that now, and I'll probably have to head up to Hagerstown for some reason Take today. the back roads, buddy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely take the back roads. But uh, if you missed any of our Panhandle Live today, we had uh, U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capital on. We had Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon on. We had uh, running for Berkeley County Board of Education Jackie Long on as well. So if you missed any of that, let's back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But for Marsh Kabalik and Jordan Icewarn, it's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.